1: You're watching Veterans Week coverage on ESPN. Brought to you by USAA.
2: We're so glad to have you here on NFL Live. So much more coming your way as we come off of Monday Night Football. NFL Live is presented by USAA. We welcome you in here. He's waving. That's Swagoo.
3: He's in a good mood Ryan today. Parker. I have no idea why, but he's in a Thank good mood. Thank you very mood. much, that's man. That's Dan O'Reilly. And now everyone's in a good mood because of you. Well,
2: I mean, we love it when he's in a good mood. He's usually in a good mood. Yeah. Well, the things that put him in a bad mood are rarely. you. <laughs>
3: rarely. That's like okay. one thing. Things.
2: <laughs> the one thing. Stand. Just kidding. We love you, Dan. Uh, okay, lots of info on Josh Allen's elbow injuries coming your way before our first commercial break. You don't want to miss it, I promise. But man. let's get to week nine, the way it ended in New Orleans on Monday Night Football. Ooh, and that's where we begin. Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. Oh, he's ready to go. Get ready to take on the Saints. Late in the first quarter, no score. Ravens with 1st and wheels. 10 at the Saints 24. And Jackson looks like he's going to run it, but he finds likely.
3: I actually love this play call because it's directly after they called Lamar a run on third down. They set it up. Easy touchdown.
2: Ravens up 7-0, under 5 left in the first half. Ravens driving 2nd and 10 from the Saints 24. Jackson almost tackled. He escapes like only he can. Ravens into the red zone. few plays later, 1st and goal from the 1. And Jackson hands it off to Kenyon Drake. More on him in just a moment. He scores easily, and the Ravens go up 14-0. 20 seconds left in the half, and Andy Dalton had to be thinking about that all night long. Dan.
3: Big time miss! They got a beautiful two-minute drive to end the half, and they missed that. Only equals it a field goal.
2: Eight minutes, 30 seconds left in the fourth. Saints trailing 20 to six on their own 25. Dalton throws tipped and intercepted by Justin Houston, who had quite a game. The Ravens grabbing a hold of this one after the interception. First and goal from the three. Jackson handing it off to Drake. He fights his way in La for ma. the score, and the Ravens go on to win it 27 to that three. Man, La He loves it. Okay, the Ravens ran for 188 yards in the win, their eighth straight game with at least 150 rushing yards. That's the longest streak by any team within a season since 1985, when the Bears and Raiders did it. Of the previous six teams to have a streak this long, four of them. Went on to win the Super Bowl. We put that in for you, Dan, because you I picked know. the Ravens to. I did. did. you pick him to win I the Super Bowl? Or I, you, you I took them to, to win the Super Bowl. Yep. Okay, there you go. You you may look really, really smart. But let's go back to Kenyon I'm Drake. I'm listening, bro. I didn't say anything. Probably not. Jeez. <laughs> How Look at him looking at you waiting for something. Right. How does Kenyon Drake you fit it. in that run game for the Ravens? Oh,
1: the speed. Like, the, the one thing that I'm seeing his element has added, Beyond on the perimeter is inside the tackle when that RPO is being ran. Like having a true back with crazy breakaway speed. And Kenyon Drake is running physically too. Like when he was in Arizona, you saw some of this. Mm -hmm. But I think being in this system where you do have an opportunity for cutback, stick your foot in the ground and get north and south, he's very effective in this. And then as a pass catcher as well, something else he showed when he was in Arizona. I'm not sure if Lamar has ever had somebody in the backfield, like speed-wise, dictates how defenses play just like he does. So both of these guys last night DeMario and those linebackers from the Saints were in a crazy situation because of Drake speed yeah, and obviously man. Lamar on the
3: keepers. Yeah so the Ravens have outrushed their opponents by six hundred and eighty five yards this year. That's in the NFL. They've also led for three hundred and sixty five minutes. The only team who's led more the Philadelphia Eagles. So that encapsulates like mm. how good they are. My favorite thing that I saw last night was like their pistol run game. That's like Lamar in the shotgun, and the back is lined up directly behind him. So he, like, a lot of times, and I want to get Marcus and RC's perspective on this. We do this as an offense because one, it balances us. Like, there's it forces symmetry. Two, the back gets to keep his shoulders square. You know, like there's there's never the moment where the cut is predetermined, so the shoulders stay square. I think the third thing is there's maybe not as many tips and tendencies to where the back is offset. So I love like that. Because that allows such a midline run game, and Lamar kind of being horizontal as a runner. Like, I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on like what the challenge. it's, it's, It's
4: everything that you want teams to do from under center but allows the quarterback to be comfortable off the line of scrimmage. Yeah. Hmm. When when I see a back offset, it right away now limits the type of runs you can do, and it also tells me where the run will go right away, right? Because from that position, there's only so many ways and opportunities to get him the football. Yeah. From the pistol, we can get, you can get a zone. From the pistol, right. you can get a stretch. From the pistol, you can get a dive. You can get all of these things that you can't necessarily get when the back is offset. Yeah. And it also changes what you do out of play action. Right. It can change the role. It can change the drop. And so it makes the team so much more versatile but also gives the quarterback the opportunity to, su- to survey the defense off the line of scrimmage. Yeah. I think it is the answer to your too much shotgun question I agree. without having to go back to what many offensive coordinators yeah. might feel is an antiquated way of offense. I think it's, I think it's of
1: fascinating offense. how RC looks at it from the back end because up front for us as defensive linemen, it gives you block development for a longer time. We're Blots longer when you're the in the pistol. pistol. Absolutely, because and the back, it,
3: is, further far back further is further back is further
1: away from the line of scrimmage. You can't necessarily read action too when the quarterback turns his back. Yep. So you have to rely on your block taking you to the football, mm. right? And then when you're dealing with two guys like that with so much speed, block development for them becomes about space as opposed, like, I can because play – I don't have to get
3: pancakes. I don't have to kill you.
1: I can yeah. play a zone a perfect. Yeah. But if yeah. it's a five-yard and difference between why me and – you saw
3: – you talked about some of the, the cutbacks the cutback. from a great yeah, I exactly. think that's why you saw that. And they were all out of that pistol. Yeah.
1: It, Baltimore, the Ravens and the San Francisco 49ers challenge you as defensive linemen to stay – educated the entire football game. And as football players, when we feel like it's a play that needs to be made, most of the time, we go rogue, right. and that's when they get you. We get dumb. Yep. Yeah, they, yep. they
2: put you into those situations, though. You start to feel yep. the pressure. All right, so on the Ravens' defensive side, we got to see Roquan Smith making his debut. Oh, boy. What do you think about the Ravens' defense and why they had so much success last week?
4: Ooh, they were second lining <laughs> in New Orleans. And if you know what a second line is, you know there was a party at the quarterback, but, too, swag. When you look did. at this team, it was about what Mike McDonald, the defensive coordinator, was able to do from a disguise standpoint. Yeah. I, did a, I did a tape after the game and I called it peekaboo. I said, now you see me, now you don't. They never gave you exactly what they showed pre-snap. And there were some rushes where there was always a lineman dropping or a backer dropping that was lined up within the line of scrimmage. And now you're taking away crossers. You're giving Andy Dalton something to figure out post-snap. One of my favorite plays of the game was late in the game when Calais Campbell sacked Andy Dalton. And I know he probably sounded like Mike Tyson after, right? He's like, (laughs) I broke my back. And they said, well, how, Mike? (laughs) Final. Right? And so when you saw that I thought to myself okay how does this happen they're playing zone up top yep. and they only rush four when they showed six on the line of scrimmage yeah. Marcus Peters had a tail trail with an X, X nasty yeah. Yeah. and they locked the X nasty now you can't get the football right. out of your hands quickly so many adjustments being made to a team that wasn't making those adjustments early in the I, season
3: I thought their simulated pressures that you're kind of talking about yeah. were great I think from an offense perspective just touching on Roquan one how do we block him like in the run game he stood out so i think teams are going to look at that defense and go like how do we get to roquan roquan excuse me in our run game and the second thing is it certainly felt like it was going to free up Patrick Queen yeah. because Roquan was so good in coverage and some of those similar pressures, Patrick Queen was utilized as a pressure guy. Yeah. And now I got to, as an offense, figure out, do we have the people in the game to block Patrick when it comes to his, his blitz? And that's what we
1: talked about. Remember the news broke about the yeah. trade? And I said Patrick Queen is back to where he was at LSU. Yeah. And you saw him be used in the blitz packages and all of that. The thing Roquan brings to the Baltimore Ravens, though, is an absolute stopper. Like, that's really – like, his job is going to be to track the football and get teams in third and long situations. And that's why a lot of these pressures and and the ones that you simulated were able to get home. So, I thought it was phenomenal using Roquan as a piece to get other guys in great situations as well. When he
3: had that
4: stretch, that second and two and third and one stretch, Roquan Oh, yeah, yeah. The big big piece is this. Everybody ain't meant to think. And the best thing Roquan Smith is going to be able to do See for ball, Patrick Queen ball. is say go run yeah. and go thing and that's going to free him up to be a better and player. Just
2: to put in perspective how good the Ravens' defense was, the Saints entered last night's game averaging 141 rushing yards per game, which ranked eighth in the NFL. Uh, the Ravens held him to a season-low 48 Yo, uh, rushing yards. That's a huge difference. impact. I legit
1: go. thought that Taysom Hill wasn't used as much because of Roquan.
2: Yeah, probably. It makes sense. Okay, let's get to a big piece of news here that we've been following on NFL Live really since Yesterday Josh Allen dealing with an elbow injury in his throwing arm. Head coach Sean McDermott said yesterday he'll update the media on Allen's situation Wednesday. But for more on this right now, we bring in ESPN NFL reporter Jeff Darlington. Jeff, what are you hearing about the Allen injury?
5: Hi, Laura, you know, I I don't know if this is good news or bad news or no news at all, but I continue to hear from my sources that there is not enough of an update on these test results that we're awaiting to give you any kind of word or indication about Josh Allen's status. Now, you mentioned we know already from Chris Mortensen reporting a day ago that it is his UCL, that's his elbow and those ligaments and nerves around it that are being tested at this point. Uh, A good news, bad news situation here. The good news is is that uh, ultimately he was able to throw the ball 69 yards on the final drive after suffering that injury, which tells you that it's not exactly torn necessarily to a degree that he can't throw the football. The bad news is he's only missed one other game before in his career, and it was a four-game stretch his rookie year in 2018. It was a UCL to his throwing elbow. So the same type of injury that he's dealing with right now. We will get you up to date as soon as we hear anything about whether he will be playing in this upcoming game against the Vikings. It will be Case Keenum, as his backup, who will start in his place if he can't go, Laura.
2: Yeah, really interesting there, Jeff, especially tying it into the previous injury history. Joining us now, ESPN Injury Analyst and Physical Therapist, Stefania Bell. We're still waiting on more information, as Jeff just outlined there, Stefania, but let's back up a little bit. What exactly is a UCL injury?
0: So it stands for ulnar collateral ligament, and it's on the inside of the forearm. Basically, it attaches from the lower end of your arm bone down to the ulna, or forearm bone, and it serves as a check rein, really, for when your forearm starts to deviate a little bit to the outside, which happens when you throw. Right underneath it, the ulnar nerve. So the nerve we're hearing referenced in relation to this can get stretched when that's aggravated. When a thrower goes up and back, that puts tension on that ligament. When we saw Josh Allen get hurt, he got hit as he was in the extreme end of his throwing motion. So not only, as you can see in that shot, is his arm being taken beyond the normal range of motion he would normally use to throw, but he's encountering resistance because he's trying to make a forward pass. Hmm. That stress across his elbow is significant.
2: You know, this is usually thought of as a baseball injury, right? right? Those of us with experience in baseball know a ton about that. Give us some comps of players who've dealt with the injury and also some of those who have maybe played through it, actually, because there is a possibility, depending on the severity, that that can happen.
0: Right. You're, you're right. There's so many we could list in baseball. And baseball and football are different throwing motions, which I think is one reason why we've seen some football throwers be able to play despite having an injury to the ligament. Carson Palmer was dealing with something like this in the last part of his career chose not to have it fixed and continued then we see some a younger thrower like Nick Mullins who had a complete tear a traumatic incident similar to what Josh Allen had He had a complete tear and had that repaired. Now, it wasn't a full Tommy John surgery, which Mm. is the thing we usually associate with this. It was called a primary repair. So a shorter recovery because they were able to use the ligament. But Jake DeLome, if you remember that name, was actually the first pro quarterback to have Tommy John surgery and return to professional level of play afterwards. Interesting.
3: Why is he able to make the 70 yard throw at the end of the game?
0: that's a great question there are a lot of thoughts about that number one he's got a cannon for an arm you might have noticed that number two adrenaline it's always a factor with these injuries number three sometimes just in the way you're throwing you're coming across in a different way that doesn't necessarily put the same kind of stress on the ligament also consider this it's one throw many times this injury gets aggravated by repetition and high velocity so will that
3: impact the potential of a day-to-day practice for him
0: Uh, Potentially. I think that's also premature because right now, not knowing exactly what the spectrum is, look, if it is a conservative approach, if they do decide rest and rehab, the first thing is rest. Let the inflammation, the swelling subside. If you're doing something along the lines of a PRP injection to promote healing, you definitely want to wait at least a couple of weeks to let that settle in and then you start a return to throwing program. So it really depends on the nature of the injury, yeah. uh, what he's able to do functionally, because that's a big factor. Sometimes the imaging doesn't tell the so, whole
3: story. real quick, I'm sorry. So this is more function for Joss, rather than this is pain management, I'm super tough.
0: It's a combination because the pain can interfere with the ability to function. You know, if when you go to throw, you get a sharp pain, it's going to change what you're able to do. But I would say also imaging doesn't tell us everything, right? Sometimes the imaging can look terrible. And Jeff Darlington referenced the prior injury, sometimes scar tissue in the area that can cloud the imaging as well. So you really want to see how is the player functioning and the player gets a say, you know, if even if you thought there was something to do surgically, that might have to happen eventually. And again, We're speculating, but if you go conservatively, you want us, the player wants to see what he can do. You know, Mm -hmm. if I rest it, if I treat this, what can I still do? You
2: know, especially a player like Josh Allen. Now, we'll continue to monitor this, but it is worth pointing out they're looking at the imaging right now. They're probably having a lot of these conversations. Yes. That's why this is taking some time. Sean McDermott expected to update us on Wednesday, which is tomorrow. We might be seeing you later in the week. Thanks so much. I Just will stand by. <laughs> okay, coming up, we got a packed show here on NFL Live. Jalen Ramsey called out his team's struggling offense. Here we are, guys. Think maybe this one should have been kept to himself. Plus, the Jets were able to do the impossible Slow down Josh Allen. A lot of that before he was injured. Dan and RC are going to talk about how the Jets' defense was able to expose some weaknesses in the Bills' offense. Stay tuned for that. NFL Live is presented by USAA. This Veterans Day, join us in celebrating all those who serve.
7: Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. What if in 2024 you got a little bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Try Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10 minute lessons are designed by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. It's designed by real people for real conversations. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real life situations and delivered with conversation based teaching. So you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. They have over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20 day money back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash tackle. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash tackle. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash tackle. Rules and restrictions may apply.
2: Hey, everybody. Let's read and react to some news from around the NFL. Derek Carr and the Raiders lost to the Jaguars on Sunday, dropping a two and six on the season. The Vegas QB struggled to find the right words after the loss. Take a listen to this.
5: There's a lot I want to say, you know, um, but if I'm honest, I don't need to say it here, you know, um, you know, and there's things that that will be said. There are things that need to be addressed and all those things, but I think for as a whole, the urgency part of it that after 30 minutes of football, we have to learn that the game is not over. Um, you know, I, I feel like I've uh, you know, been in this situation a lot where um, you know, new, new, new coaches are this or that and you have, to, you have to teach the new guys like this is how we do it and this is the mentality and this is, and, and that gets uh, tiring, uh, but at the same time it's my job.
2: I mean, you almost want him to say whatever it is that he's holding back, but yeah. my goodness, what do you make of that, Marcus?
5: One, this is
1: what 2-6 and six will do to you Woo. as a football player. Also, at the newness in which he spoke about I'm sure Josh McDaniels is mixed in there. I'm sure trying to get these new pieces acclimated. And remember, this was a Raiders team with less talent last year that entered into the playoffs because Derek Carr was playing well. Now, he's got some fault in this as well. But ultimately, when you start talking about the potential of quitting, after 30 minutes into a game, your problems are way bigger than execution and getting the ball to playmakers. Yeah. That is a problem, guys. Yeah,
2: They did all that last year, you know, with an interim head coach. I mean, it, you, yeah, you, and, and a lot of it was thanks to Derek Carr's leadership. So right. you're seeing him hold back there. That's very interesting. On the winning end of that game was Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars. Jacksonville trailing 17 to nothing in the second quarter, but Lawrence nearly perfect from that point on. He posted the 98 QBR, completing 22 of his 25 points pass attempts. The Jaguars scored on five of their seven drives during that span. Dan, we saw him in London, they weren't able to do it, but this was a different story. It was impressive to me. What stood out to you about Lawrence's performance on Sunday?
3: Best game I've seen him play as a pro, most needed game he's needed as a pro. I counted five big time throws out of him. That means the situation of the game, throwing under pressure, and then the coverage indoor window that you gotta do it. Here's two examples to show how good he was making big time throws. First of all, you got Trevor Lawrence having a move in the pocket. Denzel Perriman, the A-gap defender, is going to come up inside. He's got a shift now to his left. Great job of keeping his eyes downfield under that pressure and making that ridiculous throw to Marvin Jones, even though that's pretty good coverage. That was a four-point lead when he had second and 11 backed up with like nine minutes to go. So you're talking about in the moment handling the situation and then dealing with the pressure and then making a big-time throw. They're littered all over that second half. That's why he has those moments when you go stud. That's why he was the number (laughs) one pick because there's not a lot of guys that throw we just saw, I think there's five guys in the league that can do it.
2: You know, you're seeing more of those moments come back out, and it's worth remembering that he's almost still a rookie, right? What happened yeah, last sure. year, this is a you almost have to wipe it clean. Totally. Exactly. Okay, so let's get to the big news of yesterday, the firing of head coach for the Colts, Frank Reich, yeah. and then the hiring of ESPN NFL analyst Jeff Saturday as the interim coach. Colts owner, RC Jim Irsay, explained why Jeff was the right guy to do the job. Let's listen to that first.
6: I'm glad he doesn't have any NFL experience. I'm glad he hasn't learned the fear that's in this league. That's because it's tough for all our coaches. They're afraid. They go to analytics and it gets difficult. I mean, he doesn't have all that. He doesn't have that, that fear. And there was no other candidate. We were fortunate that he was available.
2: RC, what do you make of the whole situation in Indy?
4: Well, first of all, I want to say this. Congratulations, Jeff. I wish you the best. I believe that you are a very Capable human because of your character and your personality to be in that locker room. I also believe that you have the intelligence to do the jobs. Now, let's get to this. Many people are talking about race. This isn't about the race of the coaches. There were guys like Gus Bradley, who are former head coaches on that staff, or guys like Scotty Montgomery. So it's not about their color. This is about relationship. And that does bring it to race for this reason. There isn't the representations of faces like mine, of minority faces, who can build the familiarity that. Jim has built with Jeff Saturday. Now let's think about some of the bad things or the downsides to this. Jeff Saturday, how is he going to walk into Gus Bradley's office and say, you should call these plays? Or how is he going to tell Scotty Montgomery the running back room should run like this when you haven't been there, you haven't been in that position to elevate? And if I'm a player, I'm going to think about this. You're not with us. How are you with us? Were you here in the offseason? Were you here doing training camp? Have you been here for the first nine weeks of the season? And so if you're not with us, then you must be with him. How can I share with you what I'm going through? How can I tell you about the difficulties I'm facing as a player and not believe that you're going to sit on Jim Ursay's couch later on that night and pillow talk? I believe in Jeff Saturday. I think Jeff Saturday is a good man. I've shared things with him. Bottom line is this. It was irresponsible to hire him as your head coach. It says you are not concerned with experience. You are not concerned with what you've earned. You are concerned with comfort. You are concerned with familiarity. And when it does come to hiring the right coach, whether it be a black coach or a white coach, it's always been about comfort. It's always been about familiarity. And this is another time that somebody has jumped the line. It ain't always nepotism. It ain't always white privilege. Sometimes it's just the wrong decision.
2: Yeah, I'm glad that you said that, RC, and lots of decisions for Saturday to make in the coming days, right? But the decision as to who will call the plays has been made. Let's get Dan back in here on this one. Dan, pass game specialist, assistant quarterbacks coach Parks Frazier will call the plays. Uh, this was first reported by NFL Network, confirmed by ESPN. Frazier has never called plays at the collegiate or professional level. Uh, Dan, what's he's up against? You know, it, it, This is a new role for him, yeah. and he's got a Do it in just a few days and be ready to go. I'm
3: pretty sure I've been a part of this before. We fired a coach or offensive coordinator in Detroit midseason, and we were going to London, and they hired a guy who was going to take over that week for offensive coordinator and play calling. We got beat 45-14, to and he's a really good coach, did the best he could in a tough situation. A lot of it is the familiarity of the play call, the lingo, the language that Indianapolis uses to give them some kind of a chance, not only this week, but moving forward. But I've said this many times, it's a totally different world from designing a game plan to calling plays. One is a science and repeatable, one is art and completely off of feel. It's another massive step and massive challenge in this process for Jeff Saturday and the Colts, but at least you have somebody there that knows what the players will hear, they'll understand but it's good luck because yeah. it is a massive challenge.
2: You know, I will point out too, obviously you don't have Matt Ryan out there who's had the experience, you know, yeah. maybe to weather some of this storm. Maybe
3: he'll be on the headset. He might like be that. Sam yeah.
2: Ellinger, of course, an inexperienced starting quarterback now for them. All right, still to come on NFL Live, There were stars in Marcus's eyes yesterday. Yeah. The possibility of OBJ playing in Dallas. Well, Jerry Jones likes the idea too. We're going to talk about it next. Wait till you hear what these guys have to say. Plus what Jerry says, you're watching NFL live. Presented by USAA.
7: This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight... Must be 21 plus and present in present and select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
6: You're watching Veterans Week coverage on ESPN. Brought to you by USAA.
2: Sunday NFL Countdown has you covered for Week 10, 10 a.m. Eastern, and then the Monday Night Countdown crew gets you set for Commanders-Eagles at 6 Eastern, both on ESPN and the app. Hey, let's get to uh, a little bit of Adam Schefter from last night. On Monday Night Countdown, you guys, if you hadn't seen it, whatever, if you have, it's great to see it again. You like that?
3: No! You liked it on three, one, two,
0: three! You like it!
3: They kind of turned first class on that flight home into a nightclub. And they're telling me all the dance moves I need to do with my hands. got Vanilla Ice over there, but we got Riff Raff over here.
5: You, you like, like that? that? Oh you my like goodness. That. We don't have to actually show that. Like that.
4: Yeah like that like
5: that like that It's actually Adam?
4: <laughs> it's actually strange that Adam could be stiffer than Kurt though. Cuz I, I like I thought it was all the way as <sighs> stiff as it could possibly get. Then you be going It was more...
1: but this our shift you know. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> I was like, what's that crinkling? It's oh, it's just Adam. Guys, no I gotta tell you not I, I thought guys, I think Adam works out. Like I thought Yeah, Adam looked was, good, like, man. Pretty swole. He's like, I don't cool. know. Maybe yeah. anybody he, he he, he said, you don't agree he, with me? Yesterday
4: you said that Kirk was ripped. Now Adam works out. Shefty looks swole. Bro. Shefty also says when he works out on the road, he doesn't Take his clothes with him because they're sweaty. Ain't like he just leaves them?
3: I take I take old clothes that I plan on like getting rid of. You know what? I work out in them and I throw them out. Okay, but uh, you're on the road everywhere. We weren't supposed wait, to get wait, to that. Wait, 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 I had wait, wait, my, wait. my wife go buy like Time really cheap out. socks and underwear. We we're supposed to be Speaking talking about shefted being butt naked. I just we're not have to, to be I have about to reveal something
2: because you led me there, guys. Let me tell you about Dan's jacket really fast. What so there was a lost and found rack in the ESPN green room of jackets and clothes that have been left there for maybe years, and Dan started looking through the rack. He said. Man, and this nasty. is kind of nice. So, whoever that you are, man, ESPN employee,
3: that you stole
2: lost your something jacket, Man no. is now wearing it no. on It TV. was a and found jacket. And
3: there was a sign saying, if someone doesn't claim this by, like, I think, like, the first it week of November. November. Did you wash gonna, it? Did you take it to the cleaner? No! Clean? You just put yeah, it on the same day, day I got to
2: say, you know what? Full transparency. Damn, Damn, that it looks pretty
3: good. I told you all this in confidence. And it fits. Dan, you didn't You fried
1: chicken, but you will put on old lost and found dirty jacket? He nasty. He don't wear shoes. In the we got to go, hotel. we got to go.
2: More on this later. To Tom Brady Andrew and finally getting back on the winning side of things. I love you, Dan. You have a uh, this game-winning touchdown that you see from Tom Brady with some vintage Brady had some elements to it that reminded you of that, right? So the Rams suffer another loss. Jalen Ramsey on the Rams side of things wasn't happy with his offense. Listen to this.
1: <laughs> we have so many games where the defense will get a stop and then we'll go to the sideline and they'll be like, y'all stay like in." Y'all stay like this, so we y'all gonna have to go back out there again. Like, it shouldn't be like that. We got to have some dogs who going to be like...
4: Close this out. We're going to close this out, like.
2: Ooh, okay. RC, what do you make of what Ramsey had to say?
4: This the worst thing that ever happened to you in a football game when you're a defense. You get a big stop and you fired up. Yeah, yeah, let's go. Trainer comes over, hands you the Gatorade. Punch him. Oh, hell. <laughs> oh, hell. That's like the worst thing that could ever happen to a defensive defensive player. I think what what Ramsey, the the most telling part about what Jalen Ramsey said to me was, you got to have some dogs. Like Anybody who's ever been in the locker room know that that actually doesn't have anything to do with how you play. It's about how you approach playing. It's about how you take the field. It's not about the successes and the wins and losses of the plays. What he's saying is you're not believing, and in not believing, you're letting us know you're not going out there with the expectation of executing, and that's a problem.
1: Look, I'm going to keep the same energy I kept with Aaron Rodgers with Jalen Ramsey. Keep it in house, bro. Like mm-hmm. these these, that, these type of comments, man, should not be in the public for public consumption. I, maybe I'm old school in that regard. Like, but to me, now you're alienating and you've set apart. You've, you've already set a line. You've oh, there's set, a separation. Set, yeah, you set different. You it, It's no longer a conversation sure. of respect. It's a conversation of, man, y'all heard what Jalen said mm-hmm. about what we're doing over here. And look. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna let everybody in on football in the NFL. There is all. If it's not a little dissension between your defense and offense, usually you're not a really good football team. Yeah, you want that. Like competitive you, you need edge. a little bit of competitive edge. edge between both units. It's just when this stuff go public, it bothers me. And maybe yeah. it's because I was the media child in Dallas. You were. You I just, were I just, I don't believe that this makes you better. Yeah. Like huh. that, and that's my big thing with it. But he right.
2: Yeah. There's hey, some truth there. When, that also might be. When Lidell called
1: weird. me, I
4: said, but did he lie? Yeah, that's, mm,
1: the true, that's the truth.
2: Where is the lie? It's not there. Okay, Dan, uh, we know that the Ramzo line has been riddled yeah. with injuries. What would you change in L.A. to try to get things back on track?
3: Uh, play caller? And, and I preface that with saying you, it's hard to do anything a, good. Sean McVay calls the plays for people I, who don't know. I think Sean has to entertain giving up play calls. And, again, I want to preface by saying this. It's hard to do anything good with a good offensive line. They've been decimated up front. Mm. And the only person on this offense that gets open with Cooper is Cooper Cup. That being said, when they struggle, I watch their tape and I feel like Sean reverts back to the things of the past that worked. Mm. The 2019, the 18 mm. stuff that was with a completely different yeah. offensive unit. And if I feel that way, then the people watching the tape for the defense feel that way. Yeah. And, and I get it why Sean does it, because he's like, it, when times are hard or you can't get anything going, it's tough, I know this has can worked, I, right? Can I ask you a I, question, I, Dio, like,
1: Yeah. We say this all the time on television, right? O-line bad,
3: you can't do much. How do you work around it? Because you're in the season. Yeah, I mean, like, it's, it, the reality is you always start with the question, like, can we block them? What can we block? You know, and then you go from there and you build off that. And, and again, that is a very small pool of plays right now. But the the thing is, Mark, is, like, when things are struggling for this offense or where they get in a lull, Sean reverts back to that stuff that he did with Jared Goff or that he may have done with other skill players. And you still can't block it. Well, the and – it's a different group. Gotcha. It's a different yeah, skill group. Gotcha. It's different, and and it's predictable. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like there's a yeah. predictab- predicti- predict- predictability. predictability, predictability, predictability of it in their offense right now that I feel like maybe a new set of eyes and a new voice in those moments yeah. could benefit this offense slightly. A yeah.
2: reminder: Liam Cohen is their offensive coordinator, very bright, and he did that. I mean, recently at Kentucky, he called yep. plays.
1: You I mean, they know, they call you. They hearing people. Well, it's like we're not letting predictability Dan Predictability of his jacket going give him a rash. <laughs>
2: hey, that lost and found jacket looks good. I just want to know that. whose it hey, is. We, we don't
1: care if don't up next, me. Touch I Tuesday
2: with Dan and RC. They're going to talk fine. about how the Jets' defense Double was T. able to look Josh Allen or make Josh Allen look sort of human. Stay tuned. You're watching NFL Live presented by USAA.
7: Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships
2: Monday Night Football returns next week with an NFC East rivalry game. Marcus is doing the gritty over here. We don't have the camera on it. Okay, Jalen Hurts and the undefeated Eagles hosting the Commanders, who looked better last week. 8 Eastern on ESPN, ESPN Deportes and the ESPN app. Monday Night Countdown kicks off our coverage at 6 Eastern. Can't wait for that one. All right, let's get to some news here. Odo Beckham Jr. is still a free agent. Come on. Trying to figure out where he's going to end up. Well, Swagoo is hoping that those handful of teams he threw out, you know, really does actually have to be the Cowboys. One of them was the Dallas Cowboys. Here's what Jerry Jones said about his interest.
6: Odell is someone that uh, uh, we have all the appreciation in the world for what he is as a competitor Uh, and uh, uh, know that uh, uh, the Cowboys star on that uh, helmet when he puts it on uh, uh, could look pretty good.
2: I mean, he's as far as talking about like putting the jersey on on, this is music to your ears i kind of feel back as if he's teasing and it doesn't happen but i'll be here for you
1: i'm just happy we talking about it okay but how many times have i sat on this set and told jerry and them to get certain people a lot. This is another one of those times. I get it. Look, look, the great Stefania Bell told me that this is called the revision. When you get the second ACL surgery and it it takes a little bit more time, people are a little bit more leery about Mm -hmm. your recovery and how you're going to come back. But I don't give a damn. Make a revision, Jerry. Sign Odell Beckham Jr. And look, it's boom or bust. Like, it's no in-between. If you get him and he stays healthy, he is absolutely going to help you in your quest for a, a Super Bowl. Like, we saw Odell Beckham Jr. change. Dan just came off a conversation talking about Sean McVay and that offense struggling. They wouldn't be Who this bad missing? with OBJ. Right. I guarantee you. They might still be bad, but they wouldn't be this bad with a healthy Odell Beckham Jr. You gotta Jerry, think- do it, man. <laughs> you, do you, it.
2: Got, you got at least a few more touchdowns, right, yep. if you have OBJ, but yeah. you would much prefer to see him. Wearing that star
1: and that cow. Come boys. on, Frisco, big dog. No. Oh, let's do it. I got you. We're going to eat good. We're dance. we go drink good. we go. going to be at Nick and Sam's. We're going to be at the store. we go going to be eating sushi. Come on, man. All
2: right, Oda. Come on. Listen, you may want to play for the Cowboys. That's all good. But, you know, that's really the cell that you want. It's time for Touchscreen Tuesdays.
4: It's time for Dan and RC. I'm in my zone. This is actually my favorite day that we've ever done this. Kevin Byard may have picked off Dan's two favorite quarterbacks in the last two weeks. Thought we were close. So DBs like you can't put hands on me at the line of scrimmage. I don't know what the hell they're playing. <laughs> he's actually
3: where he's not, not supposed, supposed to, to be. be. Condensed splits, big posts, tutties.
4: This what they wanted. This what they did. I'm in my
0: zone.
4: A good friend of ours named Michael Greenberg says the best three words in the English language are J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. And the Jets were absolutely phenomenal in the second half against the Buffalo Bills after Stefan Diggs and Josh Allen mm. dominated in the first half. Dan, what were some of the changes you saw made? Yeah, so really in the second half, they went to what we call cover
3: six. You know that. It's, yeah. it's quarters to the field and cover two to the boundary because when the Bills get the ball in a hash, they really want to start everything into the boundary boundary. Why? Shorter throw, ball gets out of your hands quicker, easier throw. And so that started to change a little bit. Also, a little bit more coverage
4: disguise from that defense because it kind of messed with Josh Allen, what he was looking well, at. Well, also what we saw, we saw that allowed the four-man pressure to get no to doubt. Josh Allen because he held on no to doubt. the ball. Sauce Gardner was able to get a pick early on in the game. That's how that we cover loved, six. Right, we love this play. Even though it's maybe anticlimactic, right. from a finish standpoint, it was a great thing to, to display X's and O's of how to stop
3: Josh it, Allen. And that's because they took Josh Allen's greatest strength, his incredible competitiveness and use it against them so this is second and 15 you get a four by one set what I mean by that is there's four up top they get kind of that extended receiver mm-hmm. a bunch and then that single down here now the coverage is going to be a relatively simple thing Josh yep. Allen is going to catch the snap and RC Wait, he's for, going to peak to what that right here though here's the first yeah. thing that
4: happens you think if you give us four by one you're actually putting players away from us right what you're doing is bringing us to the party if I'm sauce Gardner, once I see this contact I'm now pushing front side. if I'm the defender, I'm looking front side as well. And as the safety, I can now split. He's splitting the formation See? no longer splitting the field. And that's the part for me as a quarterback I'm looking at because as the safety goes back, I'm thinking
3: of him as a half field safety. Yes. And we treat that as a middle field open thing right. when in reality, he's going splitting to that formation yep. and he's going to drop down which makes it a middle field. But doesn't this look high. like, doesn't this look like quarter quarter half? Absolutely. Which we saw early. I called his mud. This yep. looks like a muddy coverage on the back end to me right now. As a quarterback, yep. Josh Allen's thinking, is it one? Is it three? Is it two? Is it four? Is it cover yep. six? There's so many different coverage options that they disguise. Now, here's the reality for me, RC, with the competitiveness. Right now, again, it is second second, second and 15 at home. Yep. You're really trying to go high-low with the big in and the shallow
4: cross. Well, oh, oh, also, also here's, the thing, here's the thing. Let's talk about the discipline of the New York yes. Jets, which we don't normally talk about. Look at all these guys. No one is biting the cheese. Here's she's Here's cheese. They're trying to but get caught I'm trying trapped. to get you to jump up on that Absolutely, and you guys are staying back. That's the challenge for Josh Allen. So now, we're picked up here, we can break top down here, you gotta fit it into this window, and we're also bracketing the outside receiver. And instead of Josh Allen on second and 15,
3: throwing that shallow to Dawson Knox, at worst it's gonna be third and seven, third and eight. Josh Allen forces this ball downfield into basically a team party, into what should be an interception. Because he believes, no matter what the coverage is, Mm. I can make that throw. The shallow cross is the right read, because it's the only read, and the Jets' defense did it consistently in that second half.
4: This is what we know. Josh Allen is one of the best football players in the world. But this day, maybe he should have looked across the field, and as my man Dan said about Zach Wilson, live to play another day. Mm, My man. Let's go, boys.
2: Excellent. Okay, coming up, Justin Fields put on the Jets in his performance Sunday against the Dolphins. Hear why we think his speed is what makes him so special. That's coming next. NFL Live is presented by USAA. This Veterans Day, join us in celebrating all those who serve. And in part by the CMA Awards on ABC. Live tomorrow, 8, 7 Central.
1: His ability to run the football, is no question about it.
6: Fields takes off. And
1: if you think I'm scared, I can say you did wrong.
6: Now he's going to have to keep it himself. He runs, he gets the first down to midfield. And way at the 40! Can he beat the angle?
7: He does! Touchdown! 61-yard! A Sunday stroll
6: for Justin Fields.
7: Although
2: it came in a loss, Justin Fields' performance on Sunday against the Dolphins was historic. (laughs) He ran for 178 yards, the second most by a quarterback in a game since 1940, trailing only Colin Kaepernick in the divisional round of the 2012 playoffs against the Packers. Fields also threw for three touchdowns, becoming the first player in NFL history with at least 150 rushing yards and three passing touchdowns in a game. It was impressive to watch. Dan, why did Fields have so much success on the ground Sunday? day, though.
3: A big reason why is the variety of runs that they've started mm-hmm. to kind of deploy within this offense. It's not just Justin go run around. There's a very strategic way that they're going to do it. First of all, it's the traditional zone read. You read the backside end and you got a lead blocker. This is great for Justin because it puts the ball in his hands as a decision maker again. He goes down and gets 17 yeah. yards there. I love the fact that at the end, untouched. Now this is your traditional quarterback sweep. Bunch concept, but see how many people pull on this one. Center, left guard, left tackle and those two lead blockers out front. Five guys in front Justin great vision on the cutback again doesn't get touched at the end but this is the one that everyone in the world has seen there's one thing that stands out to me when he climbs the pocket his feet are in the Ooh. air both feet are off the ground right now just watch the acceleration that happens once he again wow. hits the ground this play makes no sense to my freaking brain because it's the NFL and no one is even remotely close to him guys that's over three runs excuse me three runs
4: that are were over hundred yards the biggest takeaway I have he wasn't touched on any of them. Hey, Dan, you remember there was a guy that works with you on Monday morning, get up, and he said right after Lamar, Justin Fields was the most explosive open field runner from the quarterback position. When did you say and it? And nobody believed me.
3: I didn't believe you, to be
4: honest with you, when you said it. And mm. I, was, I was happy I told you that I didn't say that. that was stupid.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it was impressive. Now, he's not going to get a buck seventy-eight every game, but yeah. holy smokes. Here's man. the deal, man. Like, man this is this is very
1: similar i'm giving luke getsy some credit yes it's very similar to what we've seen from brian Day Bowl with with, um josh Josh. oh wow the 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 whole premise of justin field's career in the nfl is to let him be great at what he's great at right now until you bring those other parts of his game that need to be developed up to the standard the best thing for a player when they are in the nfl or the best thing when you are within the structure of a team is for your coach to say to you what do you do best right and let's highlight that and this is what's happening with justin fields this is why also when justin fields was coming out of the draft Ryan Clark said the talent between him and Trevor Lawrence is very close and similar, and we don't think it's a big jump between both of those guys because we focused so much on the beautiful passing that we don't take in totality. This is the fight that Lamar Jackson goes through yeah. every single week or every time we have a legit conversation about playing a quarterback position. The difference with Justin is this, though. I think Justin can develop into an elite yes. passer in the NFL as long That's as right, he's man. under the right tutelage. Mm-hmm. Real quick, before because RC, the tools are there.
3: I agree the two things he's done so far with a passer so much tighter mechanically with his feet, so much tighter mechanically with this
4: throwing motion. So yeah, I man. agree, yeah, I man. think. And I think they've made everything quicker for him in that throwing motion in his feet. He's making those reads quickly. And when it's not there, Justin Fields doesn't mind running the football. But they're giving him option. They're moving the pocket. It's not about just stand there. Let's try to diagnose everything on the outside. They're treating Justin Fields, to me, like an elite shooter. We're going to give you some layups. We're going to give you some free throws. And then as the game goes along, we're going to give you opportunities to shoot the deep ball. And we've seen that in the last three weeks, and he's played really well. We Justin call that cutting the fat off stuff. Just yes, like, as right. A for, yeah, right. Cut the fat off. Now you got to
0: completely change your game plan yeah. for him, too. Right, I good guess. point. It.
2: It, he leads different. the NFL in QBR for the last three weeks, so it wasn't even just this past week. He's been quite Against good. Against good defenses, too. Exactly. Dallas,
3: New England. Miami. Miami. Time for
2: one more thing before we go. Um listen, if you missed it earlier in the show, Dan got his coat off the Lost and Found rack here at ESPN. So if this is your sports code, please God, oh, Wow! on Twitter. I now, I will say this Dan, uh, are you, you know giving it back? It? Like if somebody Kevin out?
4: <laughs> Kevin Nagandi, <De> we <laughs> found your coat too is big it? for Nagandi. My field guess, Yates? Kevin No, this is too big for
3: too Baby big Face for Field, right? Um probably this could be like Dailyn Cuffs. Okay. Uh never heard of her. <laughs> hey, Who could it example? be?
2: Uh, How does it fit
1: so well? Also,
2: Legler? also, just Legler. for clarification, you, did <laughs> you, did, you didn't <laughs> watch
3: that it. That would be more like this dragon. one I want. He <laughs> took <laughs> it off the
2: rack, put it on, and wears it on TV. That I looks hate great. Mr. Dear Twitter, is that, <laughs> is that
1: stealing?
4: Mr. Rashinet. Is <laughs> that stealing?